All right, welcome to the No Greater Joy podcast, episode three. Episode three. Um, ministry of the pastors here at Grace Baptist Church, wanting really for our people what Jesus wants for them. Jesus tells his disciples, John 15, uh, teaches them so that his joy would be in them and that their joy would be full. That's what we want for our people, to have the most amount of joy as possible. We want them to know greater joy. And there's no greater joy. We are confident and believe that uh, and our people can be 24-7 worshipers, go people, and alongsiders. And so we want to continue exploring this idea of what it means to be a 24-7 worshiper when it comes to our spiritual discipline. So I'm Steve Strong, lead pastor here at Grace. Who are you guys? Associate pastor here, Pastor Dre. Ryan Atkins, serving in the Timothy ministry. And over to my right is Dan Craniac, spinning the knobs and making us sound better than we deserve. And he, and he doesn't have a mic on purpose. That's right. So, no, he's got to make it happen. Appreciate you, Dan, what you do. So as we uh, keep looking at these spiritual disciplines, um, we, up to this point, have uh, talked about Bible reading and spent a whole time talking about Bible intake, reading the Bible, hearing the Bible, studying the Bible. Meditating on Bible, we've talked about what else we talked about. Prayer, worship, silent solitude, fasting. Um, we're going to try to rally this, land this plane, rally our horses around, kind of finish up the spiritual disciplines with this episode, looking at, uh, what is it, four more different areas. Witness, discipline of service, stewardship, journaling, and learning. All right, so let's kind of jump into this idea of witnessing. Um to be honest with you, witnessing, obviously being a go person, we're talking about being a witness. Uh, as I was looking at these spiritual disciplines, witness didn't seem like, I was like, what, this is a discipline? Um, where do we, what's your go-to passage when you start thinking about witnessing? Matthew 28, yeah. go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be the biggest verse for us. And even yeah. uh, Mark 16, 15, it says, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. I think um, my heart really kind of resonated. I was reading and I heard um, Warren Wearsby mm. talking mm. about Solid this dude. verse, First Thessalonians 1, verses 4 to 8, and just talking about um, his ministry with the Thessalonians. And he came to them... Um, uh, they received the word in much affliction, and then they became an example. Yeah. Um, and the word went out from them. Uh, if you're going to receive the gospel, you got to be a gospel giver. Mm. Yep. You know? Yep. And um, too often, I think, for us as Christians, we receive the gospel, we celebrate it, we sing about it, we're happy to have it, but it stops with us. And that's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's it's a discipline. I think we'll talk about that here in a minute. It's a discipline. First um, Peter chapter two verse nine I think is also an important verse. Um, we are a chosen race. We value that. We're chosen. God's chosen us as His people. We're a royal priesthood. We enjoy the benefits of direct access to God. We don't need anybody. We're a holy nation. That's great. We're a people for His possession. We love that. But why has He done all that? So that we can proclaim the excellencies of Jesus. Um, uh, we it's, we need to step into that a little bit more. I know personally I do. Um, what, what is evangelism? 
what is being a witness? How would you, how would you guys define that? Uh, for, for me, I, I think it's putting yourself in a situation where you can share the gospel, surrounding yourself with people who you can share the gospel with, um, whether that's um, in your work environment, whether that's in a place that you volunteer at, just putting yourself around people that need to hear the gospel. It's, it's taking the message that, that we've all heard, the greatest news ever, ever told, We've heard, we've responded to it, and it's sharing it with other people. We're not just going to hold back the greatest thing that we've ever heard or, or have seen. We're going to share it with people because that's what we're commanded to do. I think so many times we become so fearful as Christians when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to, to fearing a, a failure, fearing, fearing of being rejected, or we feel, feel like we have a lack of time. And uh, in reality, those are all just excuses, you know? Yep. Um, those are things that we try to we try to put uh, upon this whole idea of evangelism to say ah I, someone else can do that or that person has that gift of evangelism. Everyone is called to evangelize. It doesn't matter if you have a specific gift for evangelism or not. Every believer, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ, are called and prepared to evangelize. Yeah, whether it's Matthew 28 or the First Peter 2, mm-hmm. it's the mandate. Yeah, yep. it's why we're here. Yeah. Yeah, I liked how Donald Whitney described it as, you know, that where the power of evangelism lies is with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that from the instant, and Dre, you were alluding to this, from the instant that we accept Christ and he indwells us, yeah. that he gives us the power to witness. And that it's mm-hmm. it's a natural overflow of our Christian life. And that it's the power of the gospel is the power of God for salvation, and not our eloquence, not our persuasiveness. Uh, and I think that's where... Uh, a sinful tendency or a fear mm-hmm. sets in where it's, well, what if I don't have the right answer? Yeah. No, just present the gospel mm. and let the spirit do his work. Yep. Yeah. We witness all the time. We yeah. were just talking about coffee. You know, we don't go to McDonald's to get coffee because it tastes horrible. Yeah. So when a coffee conversation comes up, we're not like, oh, you got to go to McDonald's. Yeah. It's where you go. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone comes to talk to me and says, hey, you know, I need to get some donuts. Oh, you want to talk about donuts? You got to go to Becker's. That's my jam. Or we got to go to Layman's no. Deli, you know, <laughs> if you want to get a good, or if you're going to pot pie, it's got to be Gray House. Gray House yeah, Pies in Detroit Road West. Delicious. I mean, we were just talking even before the podcast, um, a gentleman that you saw that had how many different Mustangs? Oh, like nearly 100. Yeah. And... You asked me a question. Do you like antique cars? Yeah, do you like muscle cars? Because you were impressed by something, right? Oh, yeah. My jaw dropped when I walked through the door and they turned the lights on. That's right. You just witnessed for that guy. Yeah. And I think we as Christians don't witness because our jaw doesn't drop. Yeah. Because of the gospel. Amen. You know? And the mic we, just dropped. That's right. I don't want to <laughs> drop these mics, but it's, that's what witnessing is. If you, hey, I'm new to the area. Where do I get some ice cream? Oh yeah. You gotta go to Mitchell's. Yep. And we're gonna send them there. You know, and we are in conversations all the time, not about ice cream, donuts, or coffee, mm-hmm. or cars, but about the issues of life. Yep. And when those topics and issues come, mm-hmm. we talk about what is, what drops our jaw. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's not Jesus. I think that's why we don't witness. Yeah. 
Um, but, and not to, to lay the guilt on all of us, what, what might be some goals? When you think about setting some goals for our people in this area of witnessing, what would you encourage them to think through? I really think it's the seeing opportunities and having the courage in your Bible intake, in your prayer, in your meditation, all of that. And Steve, we've talked about this is when we get, and Dre, we've talked about it too. When we get up there on a Sunday morning to preach or to do a, a short vignette for a welcome, that's the overflow of what we've done all week. And so I think for us, evangelism and witnessing doesn't become a program or it doesn't become a trip. It becomes just daily living where our studies, our reading, our meditation all builds up and leads to this overflow that just pours over into the world around us. And seeing that as all of these things building, all these disciplines building up to that point where, you know, when, when you get shook, Christ is what comes out. When you praise, Christ is what you're praising and not, you know, your fears and anxieties and all these other things that are going through your mind. That's not what comes out in, in at a time of trial, but praise and worship. And that can be as effective a method of witnessing to someone is when they can see how you react to a time of adversity. Yeah. And, and eventually you're going to have to have a conversation with that person. Absolutely. Because when you're evangelizing, you have to eventually talk yep. you know you eventually have to share the gospel message i know a lot of people talk about how obviously you know we should live godly lives and that will point others to christ and that is true but eventually you have to speak and tell them what the gospel is yeah you know just as god spoke through his word yeah you know we're told that all creation shows god's glory yeah yet he yeah. still communicate with us mm -hmm. in language to bring that point to home i think we need to be more intentional for sure. Yeah. Putting ourselves, yeah. um, putting ourselves in the position that we are with unbelievers, yeah. and we shouldn't be ashamed of the fact that I'm putting myself in this position to talk about Jesus with these people. Yeah. Our culture wants to be like, no, that's not why you participate. We need it, I think, as believers. Not that we're advertising it, but I think as believers, we we need to have that intentionality of this is, and, and remind ourselves, this is why I'm coaching my son's baseball team. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm meeting with my teachers. This is why I'm a part of this group. This is yeah. why we're eating at this restaurant. Mm -hmm. This is why, and it's just constantly putting ourselves in the position where we are with unbelievers, mm -hmm. not ashamed of that. And also thinking about, we're always answering. I mean, how does everybody start a conversation when you meet them? What do you do? Hey, how you doing? What do you do? Yeah. You know, every, you, you know somebody, hey, how's your day? Yeah. That's an open door. Oh, for sure. You, you know, mm -hmm. make it a goal to say, yeah. you know what? Every time someone says, hey, how you doing? Mm -hmm. I'm going to have an answer that's going to perhaps open the door mm -hmm. for the gospel. You know what? Yeah. Jesus has been so good to me. Jesus is my friend. He's been so good <laughs> to me. So I can't help but be, this is a good day. Yeah. And you just say that over and over and yeah. over. Yeah. You may not have the opportunity to to go through the whole breadth of the gospel at that moment but you've created an opportunity right yeah and all um to be intentional put yourself in environments see every one of these environments as i'm here this is my going mm -hmm. yeah you know as you go as you go to make disciples mm -hmm. and what else do you guys think 
I think uh, I've been dwelling on this for a little bit, just based on the the, the places I've kind of surrounded myself with, whether that's uh, in our community and, and building relationships with people in our community, is sometimes I feel like we rush to share the gospel and we neglect the relational aspect. And so I would just encourage people listening, you know, there, there is a rush to share the gospel, but at the same time, don't come across as, hey, my only goal in this relationship is to share the gospel with right. you and to get you saved. No, your goal should be, I want to build a relationship with you, and as I'm doing that, I'm going to share the love of Jesus with you and tell you who Jesus is. That's right. You know, And so that's a process. It's not something that, you know, may, there could be one conversation you have with a person in that immediate time, and it could it could change a person, right? But I encourage people... You know, take that time, build that relationship with them as well, and show them that you care about them as a person. You know, you care about their just their being. Mm-hmm. You know. Any other thoughts? I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I think we're gonna we'll end up yeah. obviously hitting this area. Yes. A yeah. lot more through the course of this mm-hmm. podcast series. Yeah. Um, I, I would I would just like to encourage people listening. You know, maybe check out. You know, if you need some in, inspiration or encouragement for this, check out the story with. Uh, Edward Kimball and how he led Dwight L. Moody to Christ and then Wilbur, Wilbur Chapman and then to D.L. Moody and Billy Sunday. There's a whole chain and ultimately led to Billy, uh, Billy Graham. But it, it's just a beautiful thing about how one Sunday school teacher shared the gospel with one kid yeah. and it just exploded. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, every one of us is the result of someone witnessing. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So let's not let it stop with yep. that. Yep. And that relationship that Dre talked about. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the spiritual discipline of service. Um, when you think about service in Scripture, what do you think about? Where, where, what's your uh, what Scripture passage, um, perhaps person in the Bible, um, that resonates with you yeah. when you think of service? I've I, I've really been dwelling on uh, the Book of Galatians. I know for our students, we just got through the Book of Galatians, and our life group is also going through the Book of Galatians. I think we have one more chapter. Uh, but Galatians 5.13 says, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Right. Really, what's happened in the book of Galatians is Paul is reminding the people in the church of Galatia that they are free in Christ uh, and that their service doesn't have to be done in order for them to get to heaven. Their work doesn't have to be done in order to get them to heaven. Their service should be an outpouring, an overflow of their love for Jesus. Uh, and the realization that they've been set free. Yeah, and my mind goes to John 13, and even just in our before we started to roll, uh, Dan was sharing a, an experience he had overseas on a missions trip where uh, one of the leaders of the missions trip washed their feet on the last mm-hmm. evening. And yeah. so in John 13, we see Jesus uh, you know, washing the disciples' feet and uh, saying that you've called me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Mm-hmm. For I have given you an example that you that you also should do just as I have done to you. And truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And I think we talked in this episode and in previous episodes about the example that Christ sets for us as Christians and recognizing that and trying to step into that faithfully and obediently uh, with our own lives. Yeah, even... <clears throat> Uh, Jesus says about himself in Mark, you know, the Son of Man didn't come here to be served, mm-hmm. but to to serve. But to serve. I like when Jesus uh, at that last 
was last week or so with his disciples. I think it's at the, the last supper. Um, and the disciples are arguing about who's greatest, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. James and John come up to Jesus and say, hey, can we have your left, right, and left hand? Jesus is like, that's not for me to give. And then all the other disciples are hearing that, and then they're angry with them. Like, no, I want that. <laughs> you know, There's this fight to be the greatest. There's this fight mm-hmm. to be on the top. And Jesus totally flips that. Yeah. It's about serving. It's about being last. And I like what he says. Um, you know, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And those that are in the authority are called benefactors. And so, you know, with that elevated position comes where you benefit from other people. And I love that Jesus flips that. And this discipline of service is not about benefiting from other people, but other people benefiting from me. Yep. And when we think about service and thinking about what it is, I guess just kind of simply put, I would describe it as I'm expending myself Mm. to meet the needs of other people. Who, let me ask you this, you know, how would you, when you like to describe service, but who in your life has been a servant? How have you seen someone just expending to meet needs? We didn't think about this before, but I I throw the question out there as as we think about it. Well, I think for me personally, um, and this is going to sound like a, almost like a Sunday school answer, but I think you've exemplified this in, in the amount of time that you've poured into uh, developing me and working with me and discerning the call into ministry. I think that's been an, an, a perfect example that you're expending yourself, as you just said, to meet the needs of others, myself, and those that I may minister to someday. And that that act of service that you've given to me will, Lord willing, multiply after this and won't end with me, but will become this moment of my witness now becomes, uh, you know, exponential just from you exemplifying that, uh, you know, and being obedient and loving gratitude, sharing the gospel, going deeper into the gospel. And, you know, that that's, like I said, it feels like a Sunday school answer because you're sitting in the room, uh, but it's the truth. You know, it's it's been exemplified for me right before my eyes. Yeah, I would probably say for myself, probably, well, probably two people come to my mind. Um, either the, my mentor growing up, Scott Grinder, uh, Christian Sports International, uh, a man who willingly took on a, a 16-year-old to 16, 17-year-old to come minister with him on the road every week at different baseball camps. Um, he taught me a lot about not only the Lord but also baseball. Um, and he just sacrificed uh, a lot for me and he was willingly serving not only myself, but also just, you know, he's like, he's got to be in his sixties or seventies and, uh, he's still going around to baseball camps. He's helping little children. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so for me, that was one. Another thing was my, uh, first year, uh, freshman in uh, college, uh, our baseball coach, Jonathan Canazon at Clarkson University. He, uh, Man, he served us so well. He he would have meals uh, with us over at his apartment consistently. Uh, he would be picking up baseballs uh, in the batting cages with us as a coach. Um, and so he really set a tone for me for service. Um, and I can think about so many other people, but I'm just thankful that, you know, the Lord's put people in my life that I can see who is serving other people. And I can be like, all right, service is important. It needs to be happening out of an overflow from my love for Jesus. Yeah, I 
immediately I think of just my wife and what she does for our family, for me, for our kids, just constantly exhausting herself um, for the betterment, for the growth, what our kids need, what I need. I think of my parents. I think of Dan Kraniak here. I think of so many different people. I was just at uh, Camden Baptist Church preaching for them. You know, you talk about a church being known for expending themselves, whether it's Faith Baptist Community Center down in Cleveland, uh, other churches, they're constantly looking for ways to step into. And when I think of service, I think of that. Mm -hmm. It's not just a willingness to step into a need, but looking for Mm -hmm. a need. Making it a priority. Making it a priority, looking for the need, and not just a need, but to maybe take that a step further is to step into an area meeting a need to further what God is doing in that person's life, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, we were told of a need as a church about a a driveway that had to get cleared from the snow that we had. It's not just, yeah, we're going to step in and meet a need, but we're going to meet a need in order to further what God is doing in that person's life. So that's why you guys prayed with her, Mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, it's not just waiting around to hear for a need. I think it's being proactive, looking, looking for areas that I mm-hmm. can expend myself, step into, yeah. so that what God is trying to do in that person's life can be accomplished. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important... And really, I think within the last year, I think as a church we've done that. We've looked for places where we can vol- send volunteers, mm-hmm. serve in the community, also, um, joining partnerships with parachurch organizations as well. Yep. yep. So we're looking for it. Yep. If anyone needs any help or anything, let yep. us know. Yep. What what, uh, what are ways that we can encourage our people to step into this? Some practical suggestions for them. I mean, we, we have opportunities for people here, you know. So just letting them know that. Mm-hmm. Simply, hey. We have, orga- we have organizations we partner with. We have people in the community we're partnering with that are asking us for volunteers. We're going to highlight those. Yeah, we highlight, we keep we highlight the them. Podcast, yeah. uh, but we encourage you to take part in them. You know? I think for me, it's it's kind of harkens back to prayer, you know, and praying for growth in these mm-hmm. areas, that for a, a desire to obey God, uh, for gratitude for what God has done for you. It's that overflow. Yeah, for your that a willingness to want to serve and to serve Him gladly. Um, you know, to pray for growth in your joy at being forgiven, the desire to learn humility and love for Him, and for that desire here to serve and love others, um, and to see that service to God is never valueless. That there is always. Uh, a benefit both to those before you and also for yourself in a way that just draws you nearer to God through your service. Yeah, First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. You know, yep. your your labor for the Lord is not in vain. That's I would right. I would encourage our people to, you know, to set a goal like commit to one intentional act of service per week. Yeah. You know, and that'll kind of force you to look for needs. Yep. I would also encourage our people to maybe not just look for a need, but just think about what does every person need in general? I think they need encouragement. Yeah. So what, what is something that I can do to serve that way? Um, 
And there, there's so many avenues that we can step into that. Mm-hmm. And I would, I know we've said this before in other different settings, but when someone comes to your mind, do something to serve. Yeah. It could be a phone call, a text, a prayer, uh, a handwritten note. Mm-hmm. Um, but when when they come to your mind, do something with it. Don't just let it uh, kind of come and go in one ear out the other kind of thing. Um, I, I like the question here. If Jesus were to return today, what service opportunity would you wish you had done? I don't need, we don't have to answer that, but right. I think that's a good diagnostic maybe question to yeah. encourage our people, you know, as they think about, all right, how, what, how can I step into this discipline of service? Maybe think to yourself, all right, if Jesus were to return today, what service opportunity would I have wished that I had done? I think that'll give you a little bit of an idea of, all right, step into that. Yeah. Um, don't wait. Don't wait. Anything else with service that you guys want to throw out there? No, I'm happy with that. You're happy with that? All right, cool. Let's talk about let's talk about stewardship. Um, stewardship of both our time and our money. Um, what do you like about what what resonates in scripture with you guys? What's your go to passage when you start talking about the use of our time and the use of our money? Luke sixteen. You know, when when Jesus is talking about one who is faithful and very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. And just that idea that, you know, we, I think, often pray and ask God for more, um, but really are we being faithful what, with what he's already given? Um, and the whole idea of time, you know, that being tied in with stewardship, I think we often just attribute it to our giving uh, of money, but um, that time is also a part of that. Yeah, mine, mine might be a little different. I, um, I think back to the story of Judas and the money bag um, and how he was really given stewardship over that and uh, how obviously that led to other things happening in his life. But I don't know, I just tend to think about that whole incident he had and it, it just reminds me I need to be a good steward of my time, my money, my, the possessions God's given me, my wife, um, my friends, my relationships, the opportunities I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Couple of, I think when Jesus, or excuse me, when Paul is encouraging the Christians at Corinth and uses the Christians in Macedonia as an example just of their generosity mm-hmm. um, and the use of their, you know, they were going through their own affliction. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't have a lot it was out of their poverty mm-hmm. that they used their wealth to bless other Christians in Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, you know, for like the like the widow that gave yeah. all that she had. It wasn't above and beyond. It was the recognition yeah. of the, what God has given me, what I have, mm-hmm. to be a resource for other people. For other people. And you think about the some of the two precious resources that we have our money and our time. Mm-hmm. We don't like wasting either. Um, and we oftentimes think, well, what keeps us from doing the things that we want to do? Well, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough time. And um, and I like what Paul writes in the Ephesians, look carefully then how you walk, how you live your life, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. 
mm-hmm. because we see the days as evil. Um, I like what Whitney, and we've been quoting Whitney quite a bit, um, but the clock and the dollar greatly influence our lives, so we must consider their role in godly living. God calls us to be disciplined in both the use of our time and money. Um, what does it look like to be disciplined with the use of our time and money? What does this look like? I think we see ourselves as managers, and that it's not ours, but it's, you know, it's uh, it's from God, it is of God, and that it's not an ownership. Um, and I think that that leads to less of a closed hand approach and more of an open handed approach and um, I think that can lead to joy in an opportunity to give, be it of time or of money, um, mm-hmm. to serve, as we were just talking about, to serve those around us. Um, and I think there's a set, a mindset of contentment uh, that can come as we determine what is enough uh, for us. And I think we've uh, heard of, I'll call them uh, Christian heroes of the past, living in a way that they only only lived on so much, and anything they made above and beyond that went to, um, you know, a, a mission of their heart or uh, some other organization or some other means by which they could bless others as a steward of what they were given. Yeah, I, th- I think some practical things we could do is just have a schedule, you know, set out a schedule for what you're going to do every day. Um, I know that was something that I learned my senior year in college. I was like, I should probably have a schedule and kind of figure out what I'm doing with each day. Um, also, Brian Reed told me this. Uh, let's see, when I first started here, he said, dude, you know, something you can figure out, you know, what you have to do during a day is when you get there, just write down everything you want to get done on a sticky note during that day. And when you get done with those things, you're done. You know, some of us can do that. Some of us can't. But mm-hmm. um, that's a, that was a good encouragement to myself. Um and also just developing a budget, I think, is important as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting how Donald Whitney said that time, and I think we culturally we would, we would flip this, but that time is infinitely more precious than money because money can't buy time. You yeah. know, and just that realization that we all get the same 168 hours in a week. So how are you going to divvy it up and how are you going to use yeah. it? Yeah. I think we really do need to, you know, I, that manager's type of mindset that you're talking about is we're going to be held accountable Mm -hmm. for the use of both our money and our time. And so whether that's using sticky notes or, you know, notes on your computer or phone to do list, to do list is to be intentional. And, you know, we talk every time we're, we're talking to people in our lives. We're just, everyone is busy. Yeah. And we need to t- probably take a little more responsibility in the use of our time. Yeah. And in saying yes, saying no to certain things, um, and not allowing. It, I understand the the pressure of responsibilities, and we're just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the responsibilities of things, the outside forces that are just pulling us and well, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to go to practice, I have to get home for dinner, I have to go do this, I got to go to a deacon's meeting, I have to this meeting, I, I have to, my kids have first practice, and so I have to get them there, I have to, and, and, it, and it feels like we have no control over our time, but understanding all that, we can still manage it, mm-hmm. 
and and not allow for us just to be washed on the waves of all those responsibilities. Mm -hmm. We need to take ownership of those things and to be responsible and use that time. You're going to say something later. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think too many of us sign up for too much. Yeah, we saying don't, we no don't is really, really hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're yes men and yes women. We just say yes to everything. And it's like, say no, because you're going to get to a point where you're burnt out. Yep. And um, saying yes, I think, can saying yes to everything, I think draw, uh, basically the root of it is we just want to please people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think it's why we're doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's, listen, you know, here's the content that we would provide in another different way. Mm-hmm. But use your time wisely. Take the yeah. content. Um, make it more accessible. That mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. But, and I think for, for me, with work, uh, one of the things I've tried to change the mindset uh, of my guys is often it was, and maybe you guys have heard this, somebody asked, are you staying busy? And I don't want to be busy. I want to be productive. And so we can be busy and accomplish nothing. Um, And for my guys at work, it'll be, you know, like, do you need help? Well, I can keep someone busy. I don't want you to keep them busy. I want you to keep them productive. You know, so do you actually need the help uh, in that, in that specific example? But I think for us in our daily living, um, you know, we can be busy from sunup to sundown and really accomplish nothing productive. So how do we take the things off of our list that are, busy and insert the things that are productive that lead to these other disciplines we've talked about that lead to lead to service to others, loving others in a way that we're, we're, uh, gathering and building ourselves up so that we can better somebody else's life and not just remain busy the whole time. You know, we budget our, our money, right? You know, Dre, you had mentioned, should, we would encourage our people. I would, I would Absolutely. set a budget. What's your income? What are the expenses, et cetera, savings? Because so in essence, inevitably, you actually come down to what are your priorities? Exactly. With the use of your money, I wonder if we would also encourage set a money budget, set a time budget. Yeah. You know, and to say, all right, this month or this pay period, I have two weeks. I have whatever it is. I have this much time. What are the things that I have to do? What are the things that I need to do? And lay out a time budget. Yeah. I don't know. And it's going to look different from every people, but or for every person, every family, different time of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like with the use of our money, we would encourage as a part of that budget is the giving to the church, your tithes and your offerings, how you're going to serve other people. You know, your priorities get reflected in how you use your money do the same thing yeah and reflect your priorities of how you use your life use your time (laughs) and to know i I can't do this because i have to get to bed tonight at nine o'clock because i know tomorrow's an early morning you know and and stick to your budget that discipline and you know we have whatever i i I think that may be a neat thing to do to discourage all of our people do you have a time budget yeah um, mm-hmm. and, and try to, to work through your day with that. Mm-hmm. And you're the thoughts on stewardship of our, of our money and our time. All right. Nope. Nope. Um, journaling and, uh, journaling and learning. Um, this is probably not one of those areas that maybe we initially thought about or would initially think about in scripture, but 
do you uh, do you see it in scripture at all? Maybe that's a good way to to see this this discipline, journaling, and learning. Yeah, I, I think we see it in uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 30. It says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that in, involves not just um, an aspect of, all right, these are kind of things I need to do, but you also need to, you know, write down things or, or learn more about who he is. That's why we have his word. Yeah, yeah and in Romans 12, mm-hmm. you know, we preached on this this summer and that it's, that we're not to be conformed to the world, yeah. but that we're to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. Um, and that through that and by testing, we can discern what the will of God is um, and what's good, acceptable, and perfect. Mm-hmm. And just that idea that it's not just going to happen. We've got to uh, put some effort into learning. We've got to put some effort into reading and journaling and and, and all these disciplines. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, Proverbs, you know, Solomon to his son, what do the wise do? They lay up knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think on my, I got a bookshelf behind me on my, on my screen. I think it's there, yep. In a way, that's knowledge that's been laid up. I got books in my office. That's knowledge yeah. that's been laid up. And the wise person will gather as much knowledge as possible. And Proverbs eighteen fifteen, an intelligent heart does what? It acquires mm-hmm. knowledge. Um I like what Paul writes to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 14, 20. Brothers, don't be children in your thinking, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Be infants in, in evil, but in your thinking, be mature. Um, we need to grow in our learning. We need to be really forever learners. So we see learning in Scripture, and I think journaling gets paired with learning. Mm-hmm. Um because it's, I like to describe it as it's documenting God's work and ways in your life. Um, are you guys journalers? I think everyone who's seen me knows that I am perpetually writing things down because I don't trust my mind to remember it. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've got stacks and stacks of sermon notes and, you know, I read a book, make highlights, and then... I journal about those highlights or I capture those highlights in another way. So that it's just committing more and more to memory. Um, yeah, it's, but that's more of a study aspect of journaling, not necessarily just a thinking about it and writing those thoughts out. You a journaler, Dre? Yeah. I, I would say when I'm journaling, it's more, more or less uh, just reflecting on what God's done in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so when something occurs in my life that I'm like, dude, I don't want to forget this. I'm going to write down in my journal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also look at it as a s- source of encouragement. Um, so there'll be times when I'm like, dude, I don't know what to do in this situation. I'm like, all right, we'll see what Scripture says, right? I'll talk with somebody uh, that I think is more mature or, or has gone through a similar situation. And then I'll just go to my journal. Be like, what did I, what was my my thinking through process uh, last time a situation like this occurred, you know? Um, so, yeah. So I, I tend to journal when big things or, or even small things that I think that are uh, impactful in my life occur. I like to write those down and, and uh, go back to those. I think when I learning pretty is kind of self-explanatory. We yeah, I sure. think we have an idea of what that is and things that we could do. We'll talk more about that here in a second. But you know, journaling is probably that extra step that we don't take. 
That, yeah. But mm-hmm. I think we need, like, I mean, I have in my files, I have an encouragement file, mm-hmm. you know, cards that I've received, things that have happened that I don't, like you say, I don't want to forget. I want to mm-hmm. come back to this. Um, journaling, we journal with our kids. Think about it. This, I, I like to think about it this way. You know, we we journal about our kids all the time because all throughout our house we have pictures. You know, we have um, mm-hmm. our kids. My my father-in-law was always videotaping hmm. every time that we were together. So, you know, they when the kids were younger, they were here about once a month or so, and, you know, they would take the kids up to the stores and spend time with them. But just the kids playing around the house or in the backyard or on the swing set or on the deck, it was just always videoing. And we have uh, a box full of what we've called Papa videos, which is basically a journal of moments that we remember with our kids. Yeah. Because, I mean, here my, my kids are bigger than me. Uh, they're <laughs> growing up. They're graduating. They're moving out of the house. They're putting their wings on, getting ready to, to fly out of the nest. And it's like, oh, where in the world has 19 years gone? And But having those Papa videos is like a journal of being able to go back. It What it does is it documents your growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think journaling is a lot yeah, like that. For sure. It, it, it's a time where you can document your growth, document God's hand in your life. Mm-hmm. And because before you know it, you're going to be past, uh, you're wondering where the time has gone. We just thought stewardship of time and everything. But, mm-hmm. And to have a journal is to have that record, to have that picture book, to have those videos that just remind you wow, look at what God has done. Because like you mentioned, there's times when we need to be encouraged. Mm-hmm. There's times when we don't know what to do. Um, and journaling, I think, is a good documentary yeah. documentary of yeah. God's hand in your life. And, and how many times do we feel like God's not active in our lives? That's right. And we use that as a time to remind us He's very he active has in been. our lives. Yep. He has been, and He is always. Yeah, and the, the, one yeah. of the reasons for mm-hmm. our pushing this quarterly spiritual growth plan is because we don't document our lives are so unevaluated when it comes to our walk with Christ and being able to look, we would want every one of us to be able to say, you know what? We've grown. Mm -hmm. I I've grown in my commitment. I've grown in my, my knowledge of who, who God is, who I am as a person. I've grown in my, uh, my attitude or so. And a, and a journal allows you to see that growth. Mm -hmm. Um, what might be some practical suggestions uh, that have worked for you guys, you found effective, and that we can encourage our people to do? Not just for journaling, I guess, but also journaling and learning. Yeah. What maybe? What would you suggest for people? Well, I was gonna say, Dre, you introduced me to the soap method, so I think you yeah. should. Yeah, I explain mean, we, that and... we actually went through some of these disciple or um, disciplines. I'm sorry, with the uh, with the teens over the summer. And I was trying to figure out, you know, what is a good one for journaling? And I came across the SOAP method uh, probably a couple years ago in college. And it's simply this. Um, S stands for scripture. O stands for observation. So you write down, okay, what did I observe in this passage? A is for application. So then you write down, how can I apply this to my life right now? And then the last one is P for prayer. And so it's just a simple format for, for journaling. I mean, I think it's a great one if you're going to do it every day with your devotionals. Mm-hmm. Kind of throw this in there with that. 
um, kind of take that that verse you were um, meditating on, put that where it says you know the, where the S goes, which is scripture. Write down some observations you have about it. Write down application about it, and then just pray through that verse. So really, it kind of hits it kind of hits meditation, it hits prayer, and it hits journaling. Sure. Kind of all in three. So. Mm-hmm. You got anything? I was gonna say reading. That's, that's on the learning side. Yeah, um, sure. You know, reading is huge and. Um, if I remember right, the last time I heard it, the average American reads less than one book a year. Wow. And so I think it's, uh, you can become the leader in your field yeah. by reading, yeah. you know, really. Um, you can you can really understand a lot. And I think there's a lot of online resources and apps. Uh, I was just thinking last night about, you know, some of the big ones that I've used. And um, uh, if you guys have heard of David Platt's Secret Church, he does it every year. Uh, usually late spring, early summer, somewhere in there. Um, but there's roughly 20 years worth of a six-hour seminar on a topic. And so a couple of years ago, uh, it was prayer, fasting, and the pursuit of, the, of God. Um, and last year it was God and God, government, and the gospel. And so he's taking this from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, look at these topics through Scripture. Sometimes he does, you know, introductions to the to New Testament and does a survey of the entirety of the New Testament in that six hours. But all that being said, they're all free on their website. And so if you just search Radical Secret Church, um, you can just, there's hours and hours of content that you can learn from. Um, and it, it's, it's just amazing you know, podcasts, uh, like what the one we're doing here is the goal is for learning, right. And equipping and, uh, gospel bound is another one that I've really liked in the last few weeks. Um, just as growth in, in the podcast world and, and for me personally, and then also just Bible study apps, you know, there's so much information available at our fingertips and John MacArthur with grace, with grace to you has a great Bible study app, which would then if you select a verse where you're reading and then you click on it, there's other resources that'll pop up that'll show you anytime he's written a blog post on it, uh, an article that addresses that verse, or any sermons from the past, you know, however many, you know, umpteen years that he's been preaching. Forever. <laughs> yeah, right. I was going to say 30 years, but I think it's probably even longer yeah, than that. For sure. Um, you know, I think I've seen some in that app on the, from the 70s, and it's just you get the audio recording of his his message on that. And so you can really you can get lost in the weeds, you know, yep. but I think it's, I, it's good to identify just a couple of things to, um, to hone in on. And then as you get acquainted with those, then to expand little by little. Yep. Yeah. And I, I would think about reading. I, I would encourage our people to be readers Yeah. and to not, not allow the busyness to, to push that out. And I like the, someone had the idea of, you know, obviously to plan and, to pick books that have six different categories, pick a book for each one of these categories. So if you're going to maybe, you know, you're working on this quarterly spiritual growth plan and to say, you know what, I want to grow in this area of reading, you know, pick a book for each of these six different categories and say, you know what, over a period of time, I want to read a, read each one of these. And so what are like, the categories? Yep, um, the category of Jesus and the gospel. Read something about Jesus. Read, read a book about the gospel. That's going to inform you. Read fiction. Read a Christian fiction. You know, it could be J.R. Tolkien. It could be Lewis. It could be something along those lines. But read something fiction that's going to stir up your own creative juices, so to say. Um, pick an area of theology or a biblical concept. 
it could be something as what many would consider dry like the what does it mean to be the union of christ like i have a book on my shelf being what is the union of christ or the atonement i got a book on the atonement that i want to read you know or um just an area of theology pick a a, a category that deals with col uh, culture philosophy or a world view dealing with things um pick a book and that we got tons of different recommendations that we could give for that um the next fifth category would be pick a book in the area of history or biography um i can't recommend reading biographies enough i just yeah. read one about martin lloyd jones um and just seeing these people go through their lives how they grew how they came to know christ how they dealt with things but but to read read about history christian history read biographies and the last one is just your own personal growth you know that's the probably the biggest category out there mm -hmm. you know books crazy love radical um so we could go on and on and on or, or just books about leadership um so that those would be those six categories jesus and the gospel fiction theology bible concepts culture worldview and philosophy history and biographies and personal enrichment leadership mm -hmm. and just pick a book for each of those categories and say hey over the next three months i'm going to read each one of these books or once a month or whatever but just to to push yourself in your reading um i want to backtrack a little bit thinking about journaling you know you could do we've talked a little bit about journaling you know as you're reading scripture insights that you have things that have happened i think another way that our people could journal would be at the end of the day yeah yeah you know before they go to bed before they turn things shut down for the night and to spend some time reflecting on your day one of the practical things that i found helpful would be is just to in your journal this is what i did today and just kind of walk through your day and maybe have some diagnostic questions so here's what i did and what i'm kind of springing this last minute on us as i'm thinking through this what might be some of those diagnostic questions that people could be asking themselves as they journal about what happened what, yeah. what do you think well, would be some well, good I questions mean, uh i know growing up uh, the pastor i had he always talked about a god wink so it was like god winking at you like hey <laughs> that's all uh, wink at the camera right now yeah <laughs> but but just seeing where god was working in your life during that day yeah just how recognizing god, that yeah i feel like so many of us go throughout our day and we don't think about how was god working in my mm -hmm. life today um, or we don't think he was, but it's like he always is. You just yeah. have to think about it. You have yeah. to look back, you know. I even think that taking that time to reflect is, like we were talking about service or witness earlier, you know, was yeah. there an opportunity? Now looking back, do you see an opportunity that you missed? Yeah. And, sure. how, and how do you recognize that for next time? Yeah. You know, because yeah, that be opportunity, yes, that, not yeah. to discourage or to, or to condemn yourself, but to say, wow, I missed the opportunity. I'm not going to miss the next one. Yeah, that's good. Whether it's, it's to so serve good. or the gospel yes. or whatever, yeah. Yeah. You know, how many times do you kick yourself going, oh, that would have been the perfect time to share the love of Christ? A yeah. lot. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's just... Yeah, it's so true. So, but, what, you know, how have I seen... How's God winked at me today? Yeah. What opportunities perhaps did I miss for service or evangelism? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, how did, my, how did I give into my flesh? Yeah. How did my flesh show yeah. up today? I think that's for a good sure. question to ask on. Perhaps, and then paired with that is, how did I see my flesh overcome? How did I see the fruit of the Spirit, you know, 
did I react in ways that were Christ-like? Mm. How was I Christ-like today? How was I not Christ-like today? Um, uh, any other questions maybe you think people could ask? I know this is kind of off the top of our heads, but but I, I'm pretty sure people are smart enough maybe to come up with their own yeah, definitely. diagnostic mm-hmm. questions. But as you sit down, as you finish your day, and you come up with these things, review. I think that's mm-hmm. a good. Um, and then I another idea just for learning, not just the reading plan, but there's so I, we've rattled off a whole bunch of different resources. There's conferences that are available. Yeah. There's also colleges now that are providing classes for free. Yeah. You know, the first thing that comes to my mind is Cedar University provides free class. They're Bible minors, so every student there graduates with a, a minor in Bible, regardless of what their degree is. They're offering all of those Bible minor classes for free. And it's just on their website to search, you know, Bible Minor Project, and you could watch all of those classes. Great, simple way just to to grow in your learning. Yeah. The Master's Seminary, you know, out in California, they've got a a YouTube channel, and it's got just tons of classes. I mean, there's you're essentially able to sit in on seminary classes and, you know, 15 sessions on bibliology or theology or whatever topic. So, um, you know, there's, there's some really good trustable, uh, resources out there and it's, it's amazing how much is being made, made available, you know, right now media for free right now media, there's a ton of resources. And, and I would just like to encourage, I know sometimes I get overwhelmed by the amounts yeah. of resources that are out there. You know, like when you start a resource, stick with it till the yeah. end. You yeah. know, I found myself like not sticking with it. You're not missing you know? out. You sometimes feel like there's, because there's so many options, you're yes. missing out. Yes. Right. If I don't yeah. step into that, you know what? But if you never step into any of them, <laughs> you're missing right. out on all of them. Yeah. Don't I mean, dabble. That, yeah. Let's just be honest. Take it I don't all know in. how many of you, I don't know about you guys, but how many Bible plans have you started on your Bible app and never finished them? Yep. You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you haven't, but I know I've like probably there's probably like twenty on there because I've gone through twenty different. I'm gonna hide behind my microphone right now. Yeah, <laughs> twenty different, <laughs> twenty different seasons in my life where I'm struggling with something. I'm like, oh, maybe I want to read a Bible plan on worry, or maybe I want to read a Bible plan on getting married, or whatever it is. You know, I, we yeah. don't finish them. Yeah. Just yeah. stick through it and finish it. Yeah. You know, it's something I'm learning. So. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. I think we've hit all of these spiritual disciplines. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and again, we're not That's asking awesome. over these first three episodes. We're not asking everybody to take to set goals for every single yeah. one of them. Right. Uh, we would want everybody to set a goal for your Bible intake, whether mm-hmm. that's hearing the Word yep, of God, reading sure. the Word of God. But um, really, I really would love to see our people utilize the simple spiritual growth plan. It lists has a has a box for each one of these areas, and you know for the next three months. Set some goals. Yeah. Set a goal in your Bible reading, your Bible intake, and then maybe pick one or two, and um, and set those goals. Uh, and to be really what we're longing for them to be as a 24/7 worshiper, and convinced that there is no greater joy. I think there's no greater joy than being able to sit down, be intentional, and to step into these disciplines, and to really sense and be overwhelmed with the presence of God and his truth, and his gospel, that all you're left to do, your only response is to worship. Yeah, it's delight. And he's very real to you. Um, like every Sunday morning, 
Yeah. But you have that on a Tuesday night yeah. by yourself. There's no greater joy for a Christian Amen. than to have that time. And that's what we want for our people, um, but to be disciplined and uh, to step into those things. So appreciate uh, the time you guys gave for this. God bless, and we'll see you for episode four. See you next time. See you.